Muy high key es. Muy high key. Yeah. Perfect. Welcome to series three, week four. Isn't this exciting that um, we have, we're completing a, a, a final series, another series here. And I want to welcome who we have on board tonight. And well, tonight it's for me, but for Hema and Tina and Rosemary, it is morning. And for Regina, it's really nighttime. So Regina's got her camera off because it's, She's probably falling asleep. So thank you, everybody, for being here. This week, um, our session is called Leadership and Language in Our Global Village. And I'm really excited about this process, this conversation, because I think it could go anywhere. And I think it's so, so, so important for people to... I think there's for, for an appreciation culturally for different languages and how we use language and how we address each other. And, and, and I'm sure that's where we're gonna be going in these conversations. But also the tips and strategies that I think Rosemary and Hema, I know are gonna be able to share here. So let's start this and as we're a little bit behind time. I made up a little video to start this as a bit of an introduction for today's session. So let's listen to this for just under a minute. I love it because there's no other agenda. I love them so many networking groups and so many podcasts and so many things that I've been doing. Um, but there's there's an agenda, and I love this because there's there's no agenda apart from connecting people, open-hearted conversations amongst lots of different people. And I think to just hold a space for myself always not to come with an agenda and I still question to this day does it serve me does it serve others and in some powerful way I believe it does because this discussion especially the same reminded me I have been working for years how to listen and not speak as much. And I've been told I'm a great communicator when I've only said three or four words. I especially chose those little tiny bits because I really felt that it was a good, rounded introduction to Hema and Rosemary. So, as I said right at the very beginning, this is series three, week four. There are four weeks in every series. We may change that in November. I don't have any dates that we've decided for November. All the core speakers will get together and we will decide as to where we will go. So topics will be decided and the structure will be decided. So hang tight if you're watching this replay or if you're here today to see where we go from here. And to remind everybody, even though it's Hema and Rosemary talking tonight, this morning, today, we have a group of core speakers. And my vision for these core speakers was to learn and practice collaboration. And one of the people that Regina is on here tonight is from New Zealand. And so Regina often is our backstop for our 
sessions here. And so welcome again. And Regina, thank you very much. You are always there. And you're always there if I need to like say hello or help or can you, you know, jump online really quickly. I just wish that you were in my home city. <laughs> and so uh, why is that moving on? So welcome, Regina. Thank you very much for being here. Kelly Alfara is Chilean. She may come in. She's actually working. She's a psych and she's working for the next 20 minutes or so. Hopefully she will jump on when she has finished. Kelly, this is the first series that Kelly has been involved with us. And I'm sure you gain a lot from her. I think it was in week one of series, this series three. And Dr. Hilda Maldonado is sleeping right now. And so she was on with Kim last fortnight and when we were speaking about taking how to, how to take advantage of different stages of life, and which was a really, really, really interesting conversation. And here we have Rosemary, who we've just learned that we have been spelling Rosemary's name incorrectly after all of this time. So we will correct that later. But welcome, Rosemary, and thank you very much for being here. Rosemary is from Mombasa, Kenya. And I'm sure Rosemary will be able to give a good introduction to herself in a moment. And Hema, Hema, I just love to bits. And what do I say? No, there's always gems that come out of Hema without her even opening her mouth. So this is very exciting that we have Hema here today. And then myself, who is here with the vision and... What do I say? You know, I'm me. I'm just the person that I am. So let's start with today. So really welcome. Thank you very much for being here. And I hope that you, if you're not here live, I hope you enjoy the replay. So um, Rosemary and Hema, I, as you know, I don't put any structure to this. As we did it, as we heard in the introduction, there is no agenda happening here. And I think that that's probably, you know, a, 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 an avenue of where, or an undertone even more. But I'm really excited to hear what you both have to say. So as you know, I don't have a structure. You two can jump in. You two have the floor. I would love to hear how one of you would want to start and maybe give an overview. You might give an overview of who you are, what you're doing. So please welcome. Thank you, Di. That's a, a wonderful welcome. And, and, you know, you are, you know, incredible. Your stamina and, you know, tenacity and keeping going with everything that you do in your life. You know, I've had the privilege of speaking to you about your own personal story a little bit. I think it was series two. And so, you know, this is just, it's a, it's a lovely concept and what you're doing is wonderful. And, more people need to find out about it and jump in and join in because you know this is about a global community having conversations so you know leadership and language is such a great topic because you know what's really needed is the sort of feminine aspect of leadership which is communication women are known for their ability to communicate emotionally spiritually intelligently and and it's time we've truly owned our power in being able to do so. So I'm delighted to be here. I'm Hema Vias, as you already introduced me. And this is such an opportunity to really share 
very openly. I love the non-agenda. I love being able to just speak openly um, and see where the conversation takes us because that's where magic happens for me, you know, allowing things to organically flow and just speak from my heart. I never know what I'm going to say. And so this, this format is great from that perspective. So thank you for having me today. Thanks, Hannah. And I think that's a really good point that I want to embellish here is that, um, and, I, and I think, and I've said it many, many times, people say to me, well, what structure do you want me to bring? Do you want me to bring points, strategies, tips? Yes, I do. But also, I think the magic happens when we are already experts in our field and we are able to flow. And I think that that then teaches us collaboration it teaches us to listen it teaches us to be able to speak on our toes but from who we really really are and I think that we have seen that time and time and time again mm -hmm. absolutely because you know when you're grounded in experience and knowingness then you're not you know you don't need to follow any particular structure it's fine if you have one but i think you know it's being able to speak from experience and speak speak with authority um you know just based on your own experiences and that's why it's so wonderful to have global women all over the world uh, speaking because you know we all have different perspective we all have different lenses with which we see the world and different languages and different uses of language and uh, and how we intertwine that in who we are and what we're doing i think we've got a lot to learn from other cultures and and it's important we recognize we don't need to be the same. It's wonderful to recognize and celebrate our diversity and learn from other cultures and other, you know, ways of looking at things. And that informs language from my perspective. Mm. Thanks, Hema. I think I, I like how Hema has brought in the, the introduction. And I want to also be very grateful to Guy for putting us together, bringing us together and bringing a global community to one table, one platform, and, and, and we share our ideas. Um, like, especially because we are all from very different places and, and, and probably we all speak different languages. This topic for me is, is, is rightfully placed. I come from a country where we have 45 languages um, within one country. And the funniest thing is that our languages have also made us uh, separate ourselves from each other. And if you ever find Kenyans fighting for something, we will be divided along our tribal lines, which are basically defined by our languages. And so if you come to my country, you will find I am from a tribe that is considered superior by other Kenyans or by, or our tribe believes itself to be superior over the others. We speak one language that is sort of everybody in the country would love to know about. So you will find that my language, which is Kikuyu, is spoken widely in the country, even by people that are not Kikuyus. And so you will find our voting 
is divided along our languages. People will sort of just try to attach themselves to someone who speaks the language that they understand. And so for me, this topic is a very vital to uh, bring to the table and to, and, and, and to discuss it as to how it actually affects leadership. I would like to open this session by um, reading a quote that I have used for many years, but never really thought about it deeply until this topic came along. And it says, if you talk to a man in a language he understands, it goes to his head. But if you talk to a man in his language, it goes to his heart. And so there is no better way of defining how leadership works than to understand people's languages and what their languages and cultures and the places they come from and how they understand, they understand things and how they interpret things for you to be able to lead them. When you speak to someone in their language, it goes to their heart. But when you speak to them in any language that they understand, it goes to their head. So it might be I understand French, maybe I understand German, maybe I understand Spanish, maybe I understand all those other languages. When you speak to me in those languages, it will go straight to my head. But if my mother wants to get my attention, she just needs to shout at me in my mother tongue and it goes straight into my heart and I will jolt and I will start behaving in the right way. So thank you so much for listening and allowing me to be part of this conversation today. I love that. I shouldn't be saying anything here because I'm like a media, I'm supposed to be a mediator here. But you know what? I have to jump in because this week, and I did post this in the Global Women's Voice in Facebook, it's, it's following on from what you just said, Rosemary, and it's so appropriate. So, so please excuse me for jumping in. <laughs> I got a text from a lady that I met in Mombasa when I met you that day that, I, that, that workshop that we did. And I'm going to read the text because... I think that this is a real life example of exactly what you were saying. Um, and it, it may, it, it sort of, what you just said then, it sort of brings it really home to me that I think a lot of people, they don't get to experience these types of questions or have these types of conversations, which means then they aren't able to appreciate the differences in cultures. And the lady says, good morning please can you tell me which name did you like? Because when you call someone madam, she said, I'm not your teacher. And when you call her sister, she said, I'm not your family. And when you call her mum, she said, I'm not your father's wife. So give me the answer because people are different to understanding. And so... I mean, please recognise that this woman's language, first language is not English. Probably her second language is not English. So she's asking me politely, respectfully, how would I like to hear her say, good morning, Di or Madam or... So we had this very lengthy text message over about three days of me explaining my point of view, her explaining her point of view, 
And I thought, isn't it fascinating that it happens on the week of the leadership and language in our Global Village, Global Women's Voice Forum? I think just another example that, to me, it shows we, yes, we are on track here and this is so much needed. And can I throw the ball back in your court to continue to embellish this subject? Because I think that we have so much more to learn from both you ladies working in this area. I don't, I don't work in this area so much. Um, that just resonates. And yes, I understand when, when people call me madam, I feel like they are addressing me like I'm supposed to be on the other side of the desk, which really does not sync well to, with me. So I sort of prefer when people say, hi, Rosemary, or hi, Muihaki. It makes more, it, it feels more like we are communicating than when they address me from a mom perspective, a principal perspective, or uh, something like that, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yes, I mean, that that's one aspect of it, isn't it? Like, you know, the cultural differences in terms of how we address people. You know, it's really interesting, your, your background, you know, uh, Rosemary, I'm just going to stick to that just, you know, for uh, so that I don't get it wrong. Um, but, you know, um, I, I come from such diverse background, you know, my father was born and brought up in, um, gosh, Tanzania. Um, and oh. my mum was born and brought up in India. We have so many languages in India. And my mum speaks, she did speak, she passed away, but she used to speak so many different languages. English wasn't one of them. And yet she lived most of her life in England, which is really interesting. And, um, and I was born in Africa. And so, you know, and we have language, you know, has been really interesting. And so for me, it's been a fascination because we have a mixture. We have mixture of bits of my mum's language that she grew up with. She grew up with Hindi and Marathi. Um, bits of my dad's language because he spoke, you know, Swahili. And so when I was born, that was the sort of main sort of uh, language where we where I was born. And then, of course, I've lived all my life virtually in England. And so my first language, I would say, is really English. But my mother tongue is Gujarati. So you know, there, there's all this. And so therefore, you know, it's really interesting, the different kind of cultural impact. And so I don't realize when I say something and somebody doesn't understand, and I'm like, but I'm using an Indian word. And they're like, no, that's not Indian. And I'm like, oh, where is it from? And they're like, oh, that's Swahili or that's, you know, from Tanzania or wherever. So it's really, really interesting. And so I think from a very early age, I, I stopped worrying about the words I used and started really, really connecting to, you know, the, the tone and the feeling. Because I think that that's as much to do with the words we use, you know, in terms of communication. It's about being able to communicate from an intention and a resonance from within the heart how people understand and what they understand. People are more likely to understand something when the intention and the resonance behind it comes from a, an aligned place. And therefore, it doesn't matter what language you speak so much from my perspective, it's, it's about the intention of the communication. And, and I think that's so important in leadership because too many people get caught up 
in the use of specific words and specific words mean different things to different people. And so, you know, so, you know, the lovely example you gave, Di, you know, for, for somebody to be called ma'am would be, you know, like uncomfortable because they might think, well, you know, that's not like, or madam, you know, it's not where they are and it's not the kind of connection they want with that person if they want to have more familiarity, for example, or, you know, to feel like they're on par. Whereas the minute somebody's called ma'am or madam, you know, I have this one man on in LinkedIn who forever comments on my post saying ma'am and I'm like oh don't do that we're equal for me it separates us and it creates this hierarchy um but I know how he means it because he's respecting what I'm saying he's respecting my 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 words and and I do the same for him so but I use his name because like for me I think when you use somebody's name that, that means that you and I are equal. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, where you come from, we're equal. But that's how I take it. So I'd love to hear how, you know, what your interpretation is and how you feel about what I've just said and your thoughts on it. I actually resonate with what you're saying, Hema, because um, what I have realized is that as a leader, when you look at language from a leadership perspective, you are never going to be dealing with people that speak your exact language at any one time, all the time. So you will always find yourself leading a team of people that are diverse and that are thinking from very different backgrounds and different interpretations of everything you say. The only way as a leader, you can be able to meet these people at the point where you want to meet them is to actually have the right intention of the words that you speak, not necessarily the words as they are, but the intention of why you speak those words. Because as I said, I'll give you a very good example again, using my my setup in this country. If you stand and you're trying to vie for a seat, uh, a parliamentary seat in this country, and you speak to people in my language, and in that environment, you have a lot of people that come from an area that they understand that language. You're probably likely to get uh, voters on that end. But then you have this whole other population that did not take your words in the right way because you used a particular language. And they were expecting you to speak in an equal language for all of them to understand. So the only way that you can speak whichever language and it leads people in the right direction is to have the right intention, to have that information grounded in the right place. I look at language as a tool of expression, a tool that makes us share things, a tool that tells us what the other person's intentions or needs are. If you look at days um, in the past when people did not have a language that they could speak with. People used to do what they're doing, but they're not really communicating about what they're doing. And so everybody would, we have, if, if you're using, uh, for example, um, I don't know how, what example to give of old days. Okay, let's say for example, a tool, a cutting tool, and they were using stone. So they would make the same kind of stone as a tool of trade, continuously because they are not communicating, they're not passing words to each other 
to improve each other. They just look at it. It was a very visual sort of life. You see, you do. You see, you do. But there's no exchange of words to say, I think you could do it this way to make it better. So mm -hmm. words and language become a tool of expression that then helps people be <coughs> able to exchange ideas, be able to, to help each other move from one place to the other and improve on things. There's a, a biblical example that I can also give you that is quite interesting. I don't remember the exact words, but it was in Genesis and it says, the, the storyline goes something like this, that people were speaking one language and they all decided that whoever this God is that stays up there, we could build a tower and get to him, all of us together, because they, understand, they understood each other so well. They were speaking one language. And so one language, the commonality of speaking a, a language that could be understood brought people together so much that they decided they could actually build a tower that could reach to God. And so God got annoyed about this whole process and dispersed these people and gave them a million languages and they all started getting confused. So they could not speak one language anymore and they could not tell each other, bring the brick, let's build it, let's put it on top. They instead started fighting and stopped the mission of building uh, a tower of Babel that would go towards where God was. So language is an important aspect. It brings people together because when I speak words that you understand, then you're able to respond and we can build something out of that. But if right now, for example, I just said something in my mother tongue, you would all freeze, like you don't know what I'm saying. I can try that and just say, Morega. Huh? You would all like, what is she saying? We can only hear our names, but we would not be able to communicate. So the, the importance of understanding people's differences and diversities, but grounding yourself enough to create an intention to bring those diverse people and their diverse languages into one place and give them a way forward. That is what is called leadership. Picking different people from every corner who speak different languages, who don't even understand what you're saying in words, but the intention that you have, being able to bring that intention on the table and make those people become followers is leadership. And so, yes, I resonate completely with what you're saying here, Mark. Oh, that's beautiful. I didn't understand what you said in your mother tongue, but it felt beautiful. I would Thank love you. to hear that again. I would love to hear that, um, what you said yeah, in your mother tongue. I said it too fast. I said, die, wemwega, which means die, how are you? And then I said, hema. You are so beautiful, Hema. So, you know, it's... But if you did not understand, my facial expressions would probably even make you smile even though you did not understand the words. And so, yes, language is not basically just the words that we speak. It's also how we express ourselves, the, the facial expression, the body language, and how we put that as a... We pass that as a good intention of communication 
so that the other person can understand what you're saying, even without probably understanding your words. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's so beautiful, isn't it? So I'm glad you asked uh, Rosemary to say it again, Di, because, you know, and I felt that. It felt, it felt very um, warm, open, loving. And so it was a feeling that you conjured with your voice. Uh, and the language you used, it didn't matter what the words meant to me because I couldn't understand them. But but it was it was the intention behind it, but also the feeling that you created. And I think that that's another very very important aspect of of language. And so I really agree with you, um, and it resonates as well what you've said. Um, but by the way, I would like to just say that, Di, you know, you're not a mediator. I would love for you to jump in as, you know, with Tina and Regina, if they would like to, because, you know, there's five of us here. So while we may, Rosemary and I may sort of, you know, share more, but we'd love for all of you to jump in. So please feel free to do so. So maybe I will um, stop the share because we have another lady here, whether she wants to um, show up or not. But it's, you know, we have actually been here for half an hour. So for me, I'm going to, for me, I'm going to have a gallery view because we know who's speaking, we know the topic. So as people do, if anybody does come in or if this lady wants to, or man wants to show himself, then he or she can comment and add or whatever as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Emma. Oh, pleasure. I only saw us, so yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things I wanted to pick up on with what you said, uh, Rosemary, was, you know, about the, the leadership and language. I think that it's important that, you know, because of globalization, given the global village we're all living in now, I think it's important we don't lose our different um, languages and dialects. And I think that part of leadership is really about encouraging, you know, the, the mother tongue, encouraging different languages, because I love the story you shared, but I also think that actually, you know, my interpretation would be that, you know, no, because it doesn't matter what language you speak, eventually you will all be able to rise. You know, you will all be able to get there. Don't believe that just because you're being made to speak different languages, no, no longer just one language that unites you, doesn't mean you can't work together, doesn't mean you work, can't work collaboratively. And I think that's what we're learning through these conversations, that we can all come from different parts of the world, different cultures, different continents, speak different languages, and yet we can all work together and collaborate and actually rise in terms of who we are as individuals and rise as a collective consciousness because that's what leadership is really about is holding a, a higher vision of what's possible and how do we get there without you know dominating without feeling that one language is a dominant language without feeling like one culture is a dominant culture without feeling like one way of expressing things is better than others. No, it's different. How do we embrace the differences? How do we embrace um, our diversity and yet work together and come together 
in order to get to where we want to and need to collectively and where we need to get to from my perspective is a place of unity while absolutely you know embracing the differences because I love it I love the differences I don't want us to be a homogenized world I just don't I don't like these big chains I like the idea of small individual unique you know businesses and people and yet all sharing a global vision of of being better doing better having more but in a in a healthy way not consumerism but having more in terms of the richness of life um, I, I, I would like to chip in and, and point something that I have uh, observed in our country as well, in terms of where language is concerned. I'm not sure whether you have this problem in your, where you're coming from. You're from England and uh, Di is from Australia, Regina is in New Zealand. I don't know whether you ever have problems with something called westernization, but we have that problem in Africa. We have a problem where the way we were brought up and the way culture and the way things were placed on the table, it sort of placed um, English as an important language than our other languages. And so you will find that people that live in the big cities, let's say for example, Mombasa, Nairobi, maybe, you will find that we prefer to speak in, uh, in, in English because it sounds like a more a global language and more accepted. If you're not able to speak English, you're not civilized enough. Yes. And it's, it's been a real struggle and a real battle in our, in, our, in our culture because children that are born in the cities are struggling and losing their cultures because they are forced to speak in the languages that are seen as more appropriate and more acceptable than the languages of where we are coming from. And so to break down leadership to the minute unit of the family, it is the duty of us as parents to ensure that our children do not lose that track and that somehow one way or the other, we teach them of where they're coming from and the languages that, they, that we spoke and why it is important that they do not forget that. We have a scholar in this country, and his name is Ngoge Wationgo, if you Google, him, you will find he, he wrote an article a few years ago, I think it was, it was called the abolition of the English language. <laughs> and basically what that was all about is him trying to tell us that we should not lose our languages because the more we do not speak our languages, however diverse they are and however segregating they can be in terms of tribal lines, it is important that we keep speaking them so that we do not lose our languages. The more a language is spoken, the more it is developed, the more words it builds into. And so you will find, for example, globally, English is a very strong language because almost everybody speaks it and it keeps building into its own uh, verbs, vocabularies, words, and it keeps growing on a daily basis. And so as a leader, how do you then ensure that you still want to be able to have a Rosemary who is from a village in Kenya that speaks good English, but does not lose their language of where they were born and that they can still be acceptable uh, globally. If I sat on the same platform with Hima and Dai, I am still able to fit in 
But if I went back to my culture, I can still be able to fit in and be able to still remain a leader that is authentic and, and important just as when I am able to speak a language that is accepted globally. It becomes very complicated because we have problems with people that will not appreciate you if you're not able to speak proper English or proper German or proper French or proper whatever. And so we are also struggling because for us in Kenya, we have two languages that are seen as really important. You have English, which is the globally accepted language that all students need to learn. And then we have Swahili, which is the national language. But if I went for a job interview today, and I started speaking to people in Swahili, I would probably not get a job because they will consider that I, I'm not really well uh, rounded enough to serve in a community that requires um, a, a global approach. Then it becomes really complicated because how do I then, me as a leader, be able to look at that person and not define them based on that language that they speak? And so leadership, needs to be able to sit in a position where they, we appreciate our globality. We appreciate the, the, the ability for me to go to England and fit in, go to Australia and be able to fit in, but not forget where I am coming from and the roots of who I am. And also not to be judged based on the fact that I cannot speak your language or her language or the other person's language which is probably then seen as a more senior or, you know, prime or pristine language out there. It, it can get really complicated. And yes, yeah, this, uh, especially when I think about language from my background and my culture, it can get very complex. I don't know whether you people experience that. Yeah, Rosemary. I mean, I can I can add to that. I, I and I love how you tied in with leadership. How to be a leader in your own right while still accepting a, a level of globalization, westernization. You know, and and I think you know, of course, it's important to have one language because not everybody can learn all the different languages. Even in one country, there are so many different languages. And so it's nice that we have English, but I think it's important that leaders recognize, you know, their national, you know, language there and whatever it might be. Like you say, it's Swahili, like in India, the main language is actually Hindi, although they have so many other languages, dialects, and um, but the main accepted language is Hindi and now English. Of course, that's worldwide. Um, but the, the person that comes to mind, and I've, I'm not sure if you all know of her, but is Amma. You know, she's a beautiful Indian, um, I don't know what to call her, but she's, she's just the most beautiful philanthropist is probably the best way of naming her. And she understands all languages apparently, but she only ever speaks um, in her own mother tongue, which is um, Teluk. She's from South India and she goes all over the world and she has had thousands and thousands of people turning up to see her, hear her. Um, and she's doing amazing work all over the world, but in particular in India. 
but she, even though she understands, she won't speak in any other language than her own. And she gets interpreters wherever she goes in the world to then interpret for her. And I, I love that because I think that is so respectful of her culture, her language, and the appreciation of, you know, what she brings. And you can, and when you listen to her, you know, if you don't know her, I invite you to sort of have a listen. You just feel the love pouring out of her heart when she speaks. You have no idea what she's saying, but you just feel her voice and, and it's, and, and I think that's what leaders have to do. I think they have to stand for what they believe. And while there is a need to speak you know, or to understand English because it is the global language, it's the language on the internet, whatever. But I think it's important to stick to, you know, what you also know to be part of your culture so we don't lose it. And one of the things that we do, I mean, it's tough. It's really tough because I was brought up where we at home, we only were allowed to speak Gujarati. We were not allowed to speak or the mixture of Gujarati, which I thought was all Gujarati, but wasn't. Um, uh, and in the world, I would go out and speak in English, you know, so that's, that's how I was brought up. And that was just, so I was then able to go to her, go back home and speak to my relatives who were in India who didn't speak English, and I was able to communicate with them. And that is such a rich experience for me. And, and I'm so grateful that I have that. And I'm grateful to my parents for insisting that I learn my, my mother tongue. Um, but my niece, even though we have the same rule at home, um, and we all speak to her in Gujarati, and she writes beautifully in Gujarati and reads beautifully in Gujarati, she does not speak in Gujarati. So, you know, this is a changing world, you know? And, and I think, and therefore it's important that leaders encourage it because when they encourage and, and lead by example, then I think other people will follow. Very true. The, 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 the biggest challenge that I also see is that language can also be a tool of segregation in terms of people want you not to hear something when they're sitting next to you and they just switch to some weird language and they're like, oh, what was that all about? So we can easily be able to segregate others based on the languages that we speak and the language that they speak. But I love something you said when you're talking about Amma and you said when she speaks, though she speaks in a language that you do not understand, you feel the love, the love that is spreading from her words. And that is, brings me to the point where that the global language that everybody understands, it doesn't matter which background they come from is the language of love yes and there's no way you can lead anyone or you can become a leader of any group whether be it the smallest unit as your family be it a company be it um a, a country be it a group of women be it a small unit or a church group or a youth group or whatever you cannot lead all these people if the language of love is absent from the, your ways, your words. Exactly. If you check why the family unit breaks up very easily, it's not because
Uh-oh. We lost sound. She's lost her sound. Or has she frozen? I think the screen's frozen. Yeah, her screen. She's gone. I really love that she brought up the issue of segregation because that was in my mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, being able to see both and appreciate the, the pros and cons, like everything, I think is a wonderful way to be able to see our world, to be able to see the pros and the cons. And I think that then abolishes judgment. Yes. And I think that when we are able to grow into who we are, from conversations like this, I have to say, you know, people are missing out because I would have thought that I had a thought, you know, a level of thinking that was global. And yet I'm still learning. I'm still feeling that I'm absorbing the different in the cultures and, and how you are both explaining. I would love to hear you speak to us, Emma, in your childhood language. Because the only experience that I had that was quite beautiful um, with a, a man actually speaking to me, speaking to a group of us in French, and we're on in a boat going through this amazing, amazing uh, like tunnel on water. And he was telling us the history of the of the crystals and the water, and it was it was quite beautiful but of course he wasn't speaking one word English we did not <laughs> <Yeah>. understand him <laughs> beautiful it was beautiful it was an hour and a half trip through this beautiful tunnel in France you know and, and there are there's many 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 gorgeous water tunnels in there uh, but he didn't speak one word of English and we came out all mesmerized just the most beautiful experience in my whole entire life and I always remember it so I'd love you to say something in another language because I think you know that really heightened it for me that we didn't care what he said it was just full of passion and he would point here and point there and do and we would all be looking we had no clue what we we're looking at <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, my internet is a bit unstable. Apologies for that. We understand, Rosemary. Just cool. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Yeah, so, well, do you want to carry on? Because I think you were mid-sentence and we lost I was just about saying the last thing and I was expressing how it is important for us as leaders to ensure that we can be able to learn and ground ourselves on the language of love so that then we are able to spread that. And even when people do not understand our words or our actions, if they can understand where we are coming from and if that place is a place of love, then we will be able to lead easily. They say that leadership is influence. And if you're not influencing anybody, you're not leading anybody. And so how do you influence people that are not feeling what you're sending, the message that you're sending? And so important aspects that I wanted to introduce onto this language aspect is 
the global language of love. And we're so aligned on this, Rosemary. We really are, because that's what I say, that, it, you know, love is the human vibration and it is what brings us together and the opposite is what tears us apart, the, you know, the segregation and how language can be used. And I think, you know, just coming back to that point a little bit, um, I think the reason why language has, in some cases, become a divider is because of the mistrust. And I think part of language and leadership is trust. You know, when we build trust again, then we're able to trust that if somebody's having a conversation in their own language and you're sitting on a table with them and you don't understand them, if you trust them, you're not going to worry about what's going on. The, the problem that, you know, has infiltrated the Western world for sure is, you know, there's such mistrust and so when, when we don't understand somebody, we don't trust them instead of going, oh, well, you know, what, what's really going on or what's being said or how can I listen with my heart or how can I listen with an open mind? Um, and then we'll probably find that actually, you know, we're okay. It's, it's the, the secrecy and the lack of transparency, which is what I understand one language to be. You know, one language is not about words. One language is about you know, just a vibration and a transparency of intention and love. Whereas you take that away, you create a language of secrecy and, and you know, deception. Then I think that trust, when it's missing, then we don't trust anybody who doesn't speak the same language as us. And I'm not even talking about using the same language in terms of the country of origin, but I'm talking about doesn't use the same words as us or doesn't use the same kind, you know, it's like when I sort of talk about certain spiritual things, people are like, oh, no, no, you can't use that in leadership or you can't use that in, cult in business cultures. And I'm like, why not? Everybody understands what I mean when I use the word consciousness or love. Why am I not allowed to use it? And it's because people don't trust it. And it's a shame because that's what we need to be building is a level of trust across all languages, all communities, all aspects of differences. Very, very true. Um, Go on, Guy. Oh, no, it was me. I was going to ask a question, but, um, but don't worry. I'll, I'll save it. Go ahead, Rosemary. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, Rosemary, because I'm going to go on that. a different track. You, you, go, you go, Rosemary, because I'm, I'm going to go on a different track here from something. Okay. I was, I was going to say that for, for, for a language to be spoken and understood, it also has to be easy and simple enough for it to be digestible by anybody and everybody. So as leaders, we need to be able to simplify our languages or our languages of com communication. Because if I want everybody that is around me to be able to understand what I'm saying, then I need to be able to make it as simple and as clear as possible. People also tend to hide behind languages so that then they are not understood and then it becomes too complex 
and you're not communicating when it is just made to look like it is like the most compl complex mathematical equation ever. But if as a leader, you would like to communicate effectively and be able to send the message that you want to send in the right way, simplicity is the key. But as Hima has just said, simplicity of life comes in waking up in the morning and not worrying too much about the things that are happening around you and being able to trust that your day is going to be okay. Being able to have faith within yourself that somehow everything will work out in order. But fear then has joined us as human beings and created all these insecurities and all this fear and all this mistrust and all these things that make living too complex for our own good. And we, would not, we don't like communicating these things in the simple languages. We don't want to tell people it is going to be okay. You are having a headache. You're not feeling like smiling today. Your life is going to be okay despite all those things. We want to complicate them so much. And we have languages of or you're depressed, or I don't know what, or things are getting, and it gets so complicated because the words are so big and too complicated, you will not understand them. And, and they start eating at your head and you start Googling and finding dictionaries. And so it gets too much. But the simplest form of communication that a leader could give to the other people, to the people around them, to the people they want to communicate to is simplicity. Simplicity of being able to trust that everything is going to be okay. Simplicity of being allowed to say things that you want to say without being barriers being put because you're in this setup or the other setup. If I am speaking to religious leaders or I'm speaking to political leaders or I'm speaking to parents or I'm speaking to a group of young people, that language should be very much the same. But as Hima has just said, you will be told you cannot use these words in this category, or you cannot use this language to communicate to this category of people. We need to go back to the basics of humanity and live in simplicity. Wake up, smile, move on. It's going to be okay. You don't need to complicate life too much. Or just keep going, keep fighting, keep, keep moving. It's, it's easy as that, but no. That complexity is what we need to remove to allow our languages, allow our communications to touch people in the core of their souls. Again, back to the language of love, the language of trust, Hema. I love that, that's beautiful. I really agree with you, simplicity is the key. Mm. Beautiful. Nai, did you want to share? I do, because now you've both touched on the, the same aspect that I wanted to maybe take the conversation to. And that is that, and I think it's becoming more accepted now, that we can speak in the boardroom table, maybe, maybe in some leadership seminars. Um, I think more than what we have been able to in the last few years and that is being able to address um, a level of personal development and how language is a reflection of the inside of us and being able to transfer some tools and some tactics and some strategies that people can actually use at home in a meditation 
or awareness around language that they are using or not using, uh, maybe processes that they can practice with people that they work with or with family members. And I think that is part of leadership because we are all leaders in our own life. And if we don't and or are unable or we do not have skills because we haven't had the money, we haven't had the awareness, we haven't been brought up in a house where we were exposed to some level of personal development, spirituality, self-awareness, whatever you want to call it, is that we then are dictated by the language of our community, of social media, of the TV stations. And so I think now more than ever before, our language to ourselves within our own head, within our own bodies, is so much more important than it ever, ever, ever has been before. And I think that it's so important now to be able to take those skills and processes that we, some of, you know, most of us would have here into leadership rooms. I would like to invite both of you or all of us to have a conversation about this because um, I, actually, I actually did a stream yard this morning on, on my Connect Your Dots private page this morning because I actually bought in a, a process in my Connect Your Dots program and then I decided that I would share it in the, or share part of it in the, in the private Facebook group. And it was simply because I just don't think that people, people think of personal development, everybody's doing and it's mindset and it's got all these different languages to it. As Rosemary's saying, it, it gets complicated, but basically how are we speaking to ourselves? How are we listening to ourselves? And don't look at the language, just take a word out. Just be observant of one word. Keep it simple. So I would invite all of you to, what is your comments? What are your thoughts? on the inside of our language and what that has to do with leadership because we've spoken about a lot of the outside. I'd love to hear your comments on that in the next couple of minutes. Sure, I can get started, yes. So a few years ago, I read a book that was talking about self-leadership and it was um, introducing the part where you cannot be able to lead any other person unless you have learned how to lead yourself. And it was a story about this guy who had failed in a major marketing um, marketing journey, and he meets this um, uh, this this um, sorcerer or, or magician who then takes him through a process of self development to allow him to understand why he had failed in the instances that he had failed. And this, this story, as simple as it was, it brought a resonance to me to understand that the language I speak to myself with every day is important. And so I had to change the way I look at myself and to start thinking differently about me. The only way to change the circumstances of one's life when it comes to growth and development is to change the language we speak to ourselves by putting positivity into it and sticking to the 
positive energies that come with that, despite the fact that the, the outside world, the communities around us are busy trying to change us on a daily basis. It's said that the biggest achievement you could have in this world is to remain yourself and to remain positive and focused in a world that is trying to change you and on a daily basis. It doesn't give you a break. So I started looking at myself from a winning perspective and speaking to myself from that language of positivity and possibilities. There was a time if I was asked to give my life story, I would look at the things that I had failed and seen them as failures and not looked at the little positive things that had come out of it. And so I would focus so much on those negative things and tell myself how I had failed and tell myself how I did not make that happen or I did not make that become. But then now, when I look at the same journey with the same failures, I tell myself, oh, you did well on that. You survived that madness. You did not collapse when that happened. You were, I mean, you did not get depressed when it allowed you to. And everything around my life at that particular point was pointing to the fact that I needed to go down. I needed to, I was getting finished. But now I look at, I did not get finished. I survived it. So what happened? How did I do that? And that language of speaking to myself in a, sending the right energy signals to my brain and to my heart with the way I think, and even when I do not voice them, when they happen within myself, has contributed to who I am today, has made me become stronger as a leader and has also made me look at other people and see positivity in them as opposed to seeing the negative things. Because the negative things are always pronounced. They're always shouting and they're in bright colors. But the nice, beautiful things that make us win are hidden somewhere in between there and are not seen all the time. So for me, personal development, the growth, personal growth has only resulted from speaking to myself in a positive language with sending positive energies to myself and to the people around myself, even when every odd is demanding that I focus on something that I have failed in. That's so beautiful, Rosemary. And I think that that's so important because I think Again, this is something I think that, you know, women tend to do more. There's studies that show that men, you know, usually will put themselves higher on, on a scale of, you know, 1 to 10 or 1 to 100 in terms of how good they are or how well they do. And women tend to do the opposite. They tend to underestimate where men tend to overestimate. And this is generalization. But, um, you know, global women voice, I think, you know, women do need to learn to recognize that part of our sort of ancestral history is that we, we have felt sort of like, you know, we're, we're not good enough or we're failing or, you know, that we have to live up <clears throat> to society's expectations of us. And, and I think that's where life leadership becomes so important.
you know, being leaders in our own life and not, you know, towing the path in terms of what everybody else has done or what they are doing and breaking free from those limitations. And it starts with our inner dialogue. It starts with how we speak to ourselves because the only way to come out of real conditioning, you know, society and family and, and culture, we are all conditioned by these things because it shapes the first, you know, several years of our lives. And I think the way to break out of it and to become a true leader in our life is that inner dialogue. That is the first step in any self-development process is the ability to say to ourselves, this is not right, or this is not me, or this is not how I want to see my life or see myself or see the world. And then we are able to open up a dialogue of what it is we do want. And so for me, you know, that inner dialogue and speaking to myself and teaching others that the power of the inner dialogue, learning the power of the, the words that they use, because words have a resonance. And so, you know, we can't deny the fact that, you know, the words, you know, do have meaning. And when we, when we say something with an intention of love, they have a beautiful resonance of love. And when we use words that have a negative resonance, you know, um, I think it has a negative impact on us. You know, that's why when people keep talking about fight cancer, for example, I don't agree with that at all, because that's a very negative inner dialogue. I don't want to fight anything. You know, I want, I want to heal it. I want to understand it. I want to communicate with it, whatever it is, and rise above it and transcend it and grow as a result of it. And I think that's what you're saying, Rosemary, is that, you know, that, that in a dialogue that you had, the way you spoke to yourself was about moving through and into something better in order to be the leader that you are now. Um, and and that conversation you had with yourself, whether it's conscious or semi-conscious, was an important aspect of your growth. And I think it's an important aspect of everybody's growth. And I think real leaders, you know, have that ability to really communicate with themselves without talking to themselves and looking crazy, but really <laughs> just being able to have that inner dialogue. And, you know, and there are lots of ways. And of course, meditation is one of the most powerful ways. Um, but I think it's acknowledging that. It's acknowledging we need to have this, this tool. And I, for me also, I have experienced in the way that I have grown myself with the help of many, many mentors and courses and programs, etc. like all of us, is not only focusing on the positive, and not only speaking to myself positively. For me, I have learned so much and grown so much insight into myself by listening to my negativity. And of course, then using processes and um, insights and help from other people to see where that has come from. And so for me, that inner dialogue and that inside voice voices feelings and then the words that i use on the outside the combination of that has really um it's really given me you know it's put me where i am today absolutely and so i think that that combination isn't it yeah 
Yes. And the awareness of that combination. And actually, Regina and I had a conversation today and I had a conversation with two other people today about this exact thing that we have so many different influences right now on the outside of us is so important for us if we are leading people and if we want to be the leader in our own life that we must have some routines and rituals that really we know that work for us so that we are aware of where we have come from and what are those conversations and when they pop up and how they look and how they feel and where they sometimes put us in different situations and we go, oh, my God, I'm here again. <laughs> so it's just that whole awareness to bring that invisible to what is actually happening on the outside of us, things that we can see and smell and touch and bringing it together as to who we are today. Absolutely, Diane. I really, really um, appreciate you bringing up the fact that, you know, because this positive thinking doesn't work, you know, it's about being realistic. It's about being honest. And I think it's that honesty with ourselves about what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're saying to ourselves. And some of it will be negative because that's the challenge. It's, it's you know, understanding that negativity, understanding the truth of that negativity and, and finding, you know, if there's a truth in it, because of course, sometimes it's true, you know, we're, we're not good at something and why should we be? And so, but it gives us the impetus to go, well, then I want to be better. You know, I don't speak Spanish, so I want to learn how to speak Spanish or, you know, when we own the truth of our negativity as well as our positivity, then I think we can truly grow. So I think that's a really, really important point. Yes, and I think, um, like, I have a really good friend here in Perth, and I'm so blessed to have her in my life and someone that I can see face-to-face -face because we can both talk about and share negative positive without any judgment, without any wrong or right. Mm -hmm. And it's a very rare person that I could do that. I can do that with Hema. Yes. Because we both recognise that to live in this world as a human being, there are there is and there are the paradoxes and the opposites for everything. And so for us to be able to recognise the negativity in our own head or what just happened or, you know, she was bitchy, excuse the word. And I really was peeved off about that. Well, I'm a human being. I'm allowed to be. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think that ability to be able to recognize what's happening in ourselves and then have somebody that we trust on the outside that we can have these real conversations with yes and they are full of energy at times they're not so pretty sometimes that's right that's life absolutely you know and i find that i walk away a lot around my kids right now because they're in this age, but I think it's an age group. I think it's a politically correct way that we are supposedly trying to have to run our life. And we're supposed to be having everything figured out by the time we are whatever age. I don't know. But I just find that it's BS because they don't look at the negative. Yes. And when I say something negative, they go, Mum, don't be so negative. Well, yes. that's actually the truth, baby. Exactly. And so I think that there's, I think that the world actually has a screw way of being able to lead 
and have the ability to have really real language. That's why I think this subject is so important. And it's probably and why there's nobody here because they don't realise how important it is. I agree with you because toxic positivity is a problem, a global problem. Um, it is. It's where you're, you're taught to focus on the positive things, on the say the, this particular word and don't say the other word. And, and it can be really toxic. And, and, and just the way there is toxic feminicity, toxic uh, masculinity, toxic positivity is a big problem. It's, it's very important that we acknowledge we are human beings, we have blood that flows in our veins, and that we are going to have feelings, we are going to have thoughts, we are going to have uh, activities that are happening within and outside of us that influence the things that we think about and how we think about them. And so if I am feeling angry, I simply say I am angry about this and I want to deal with the anger right then. And so I don't tell myself that, you know, you're not angry, you're just overreacting or what. I don't tell myself that. I tell myself, uh, you're angry and this is the reason why you're angry and how do you deal with the fact that it got you angry? Because then I am able to dissect that and come up with a solution to myself. I have completely refused to uh, be, you know, torn around the fact that I have to remain positive all the time. I believe in a, in a, in a leadership where I am allowed to be humane, human, and still given an opportunity to balance out what I feel and what I think and come up with the best version of who I can be. The only way to have that is to not have people that are judging you too regularly, or judging every word and every thought and everything that you say, which is not an easy thing to come by because we have friends, but friends also have got their own problems and their own issues, and sometimes they're not able to listen to us in that way. But if you can find yourself in a place where you can have that honest conversation with yourself even before you voice it out to someone else where you tell yourself I am angry I'm frustrated I need to find uh, this and not that one and I am unhappy because of this all that and then come up with that conversation with yourself even being able to approach another person with your diverse feelings of that show you as a human being is going to be easier the moment you have been able to do that with yourself. Mm. You know, we actually have to wrap this up. <laughs> we were just thinking. <laughs> <couldn't we? laughs> we do. I don't want to go over time. <laughs> <laughs> Before we, we wrap up, I just want, can I just quickly just respond? Yes, yes please. You know, it's, I, I love that you brought up, again, there's such a synergy here with all of us. You know, I love that you brought up anger. I have found I am more angry now than I've ever, I've always been really peaceful, calm. You can hear it in my voice, peaceful, calm, because I think people aren't owning their anger. 
I'm feeling it and I'm expressing it for them because they're not expressing it. And I think that, you know, we, it's so important we have this conversation. It's so important we recognize that we need to express truth. It's about using language to express the truth of who we are, good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. Because when we do that, the world is gonna be a much, much more balanced place. And, and so, you know, absolutely, you know, the, the fact that the anger has been so subdued in us, and that's just one of the feelings, you know, there's so many, we need to give expression. We need to give expression using language, whether it's we speak to somebody, we write it out, we, we do something with it, you know, but we, expression is so important. So, yeah, thank you for that. And the thing that I want to add to that, Hema, before we wrap it up, is the society is not allowing people and then it's not encouraging for people to identify their feelings. Yes, exactly. It's that simple. This is not rocket science. We all have feelings. We all have the same feelings. We're not exactly. different. We all have red blood. We all have jealous. We all get, you know, we all get angry. And we all get frustrated. We, yes, we all have negative thoughts, but it's not spoken about. It's suppressed and we're not allowed to. Exactly. It's crazy. It's so crazy. And so these, are, this is what I just, the bell dinged in my head was people had no idea how to assimilate this topic. Yes. Yes. Because we live in a world where people are always thinking about what they're going to get from something or someone. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I, and as I said at the beginning, I think the magic is in that spontaneity. That's mm. when, you know, I'm open to having lots of conversations with lots of people because I think you never know what you're going to learn or what you're going to be able to give or what you're going to be able to receive. And that's what this is all about. And, and mm. this topic on language and leadership, you know, I feel like I've, I've expressed things that have been in my heart and I've heard things that resonate which makes me feel so connected and I feel I'm on the right track as a result of this and so I, I love it and I'm really grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you for speaking to me and also allowing me to express that. And, and just as an example, this very week I blew up on someone and I told them I've blown a fuse and you better deal with it because it's happened. And I've told you things that you did not want to hear, but I needed to say them because I've not said them for five years. And finally, I had the guts to say them. It doesn't always go the right way. But luckily and fortunately for me, this one went very well. Like it just brought everything back to the right place. And the fact that I had never said that, I never blew up on them. I was always very accommodating and very loving and very understanding. And for one split second, I blew up and said something that actually sorted the whole mess. I, I could not believe that they had the, the energy to actually look at life from my perspective, but that's what that did. And so it is okay to allow ourselves to be real, truthful, honest with ourselves and expressing uh, those things using language so that we can be able to get the help that we need. It's, it's the same thing if you ever find yourself or if I ever find myself in a fix, in a place where I need help, 
the culture of asking for help is really repressed. And the only way we can ask for help is by using language, speaking, speaking out. And so let's keep speaking, let's keep sharing, let's keep learning all the languages available, the language of love, the language of, I'm gonna plan to learn a different language over time. I am not a linguist, I just, I just love me as I am. And I, and I tell myself, if people are not bothered to learn my language, I'll not bother to learn theirs. But yes, I will make it a habit to try and accommodate as many languages as I can. Maybe just even if by grounding myself from a love position. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Rosemary. And I think for me, um, I don't feel despondent anymore. You know, this has to keep going in some way. Yes. There's only been five of us on here. Another two people came in and they left. It's like people don't understand what we are actually doing here we are ahead of the curve and i know we all have probably a small group around of us that we can say come to this you will be ahead of the curve and i think that that's where we need to go with this next session Absolutely. And so, so really appreciative of um, Regina and Tina. You know, I, I know Regina's always here supporting and Tina's always supporting. Um, you know, and so really, really appreciate that and, and really appreciate this conversation. I've really enjoyed it and got a lot and really appreciate you, Di, for, for continuing to keep going. And I, I just love your stamina and energy. Um, so, you know, don't become despondent. When you're ahead of the curve, it takes time for people to catch up. So, you know, yeah. and really yeah. thank you so much for a beautiful, beautiful dialogue and exchange. Really thank beautiful. You. It was really lovely. It was really good. Thank you all. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank so you, Tina. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being here. I, I think that that's what's actually happening, as well as the outside influence, that we are a bit of ahead of the curve. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, let's look at the next conversations and, uh, and, and, you know, having the courage to keep going. Even yes. When, yeah. The external yes. world looks different. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. All so right. thank, thank you very you. much, everybody. And I know Regina has been typing away. So <laughs> we'll be able to extract pieces and mm -hmm. you know, put, it, put them in the... Actually, I'm thinking, Regina, that maybe we put all of those pieces together, put them in folders in the Facebook group so everybody can go and get little pieces from them and use them as, the, as a you know, as they want as well. Anyway, we can we can talk about that later. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you all. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.